1: DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by A.J. Haefeli, as we are going to be talking about the Avalanche defense today. We talked about forwards yesterday, getting into the conversation of the Avs D. Now, yesterday on the forwards, we talked about the Avs having less depth than they did last year, as far as high-end talent, certainly. Um, This year on the defense, I don't know if that's true, assuming health, but health is going to be a big assumption for this defense, I think.
0: Well, I think it it definitely, um, I mean, obviously two of these six guys that we're going to get into right now that's what the conversation starts with health yep but I think that where the abs are totally fine uh is that they're big three here Devonavess kill McCar Sam Gerard
1: yep those are locked in and you're very happy with
0: like uh, a lot of teams uh A lot of teams really, really struggle to put together two pairings. Like, two quality pairings. Not like, oh, this guy's an NHL player, and you have like a... I don't know. I can't think of like a depth guy that's totally inoffensive, but bounces around. Like uh, Dylan DeMello before he got good.
1: Alec Martinez now. I mean Alec Martinez is really
0: good. Before he uh,
1: re broke out again.
0: Let's I'm I'm thinking more like John Moore types. Yeah, that's better. Like like go. like those guys like the those guys on the back end that
1: Troy Stetcher.
0: There you go. A great example. Third pairing guy. You're totally fine with him. Hell yeah, sure. Go with him. Patrick Nemeth, great like a third pairing guy totally fine like you drop out there and you're like okay well this is all right um but it's not like can't handle tougher assignments yep just can't can't handle it like we'll, very we'll, locked into that role yeah yeah will kill you if they end up in uh, having to be like a big 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 time player for you so a lot of a lot of teams have those guys, like those guy where you're just like, okay, well, he's all right. He can do some things. Like we're getting by with this guy, but it's an area where they're they don't love it. Where the abs are, I mean, Devon Taves and Kale Macar both got Norris votes last year. Yep. You know, like these are these were guys that. Top of their profession. You know, right. most, most people, I think it's pretty widely accepted around the NHL that at worst, Kale McCarr is the top five defenseman He's in the NHL.
1: Second in the Norris last year for the Red. Right. So, the dude is a monster. Locked into your first pair. And we, we talked about this a little bit before, but do you just roll Taves next to him? Put your best two together and say Go.
0: I, to start the year, yes. Okay. But we also saw, like, Sam Girard's best NHL play of his career came next to Devon Taves. Yep. And I think that that's a really important thing to consider because you have an ace in the hole that most teams aren't going to have in a guy like Bowen Byram. Look, the Avs love that dude. And they wanted to play him last year. They brought him in from WJC's and were like, "Go get him. you're playing yeah. <laughs> he got he got a little bit of a rest because he'd been in that camp and blah blah blah, blah blah. And yeah, Ryan talking about the annexation of Puerto Rico. <laughs> um, the, the ads wanted to get more out of Byram, the the Colossar hit and his the subsequent injury. That's bad luck. But he was he was good to go at the end of the year. They just they were like, look, he's played nineteen games in the they last made their
1: decision in the playoffs. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I
0: mean. and you can understand like because you remember he did not play the the WHL canceled their season. Yep. he didn't play any games in the bubble. Um, he played in WJCs. And then 19 NHL games. And then 19 NHL games. And that's the only hockey he played in about 14, 15 months. Yep. And that was that was the driving factor in them not putting him in the lineup against Vegas. Well, we all disagreed. I think it's fair to say Rudo and I were not on that page. Definitely not. <laughs> Saw where they were coming from, understood like the logic behind it, and just disagreed with the decision. And given how it went and given, you know, Nemeth's m- misfit, it was easy to think that Byron would have at least...
1: Not given you a worse performance.
0: I'm yeah. Sure.
1: Yeah. But can't go back and change time. You can only look forward. And I guess that is the big question. All right. I, again, I want to start this by... In a world where we assume everyone is healthy on opening night, is Byram on the bottom pair?
0: Well, I guess that 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 goes back to where the the, the conversation we we're just right. having. Of, if of, if Taves is next to the McCar, then yeah, By, Byram's on the
1: bottom. You, pair. you have Byram with not with Gerard. Rather, if but
0: you have Taves and Gerard together, then maybe Byram is next to Macar.
1: Just run him with Makar and let, uh, let the big sticks do the talking.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And then and then you have a third pairing made of glass.
1: EJ and Murray
0: there. Yeah. yeah. You got Ryan Murray and Eric Johnson next to each other, and you're just hoping for the best on every shift. Because if that's not the case, then Ryan Murray is where? EJ is where? Is it Gerard and EJ and then Byron and Murray? Or that would be That would be yeah. fine. Um, that would be a fine third pairing. Go and find me a third pairing outside of Tampa Bay that you like. Yeah. That you like more than Bo Byram and Ryan Murray. I don't think
1: you'd find one. Probably. It's so. And, and that's, we've had this conversation all off season, especially since the Murray signing. The abs are a very likely a top three D in the league as far as their Mm -hmm. top six. Yeah. Um, so that's and that's gonna be the interesting thing, right? Like we've seen some of e j and Gerard before that's a pairing that the Avalanche have they know more or less what to expect out of that pairing. They know what they're gonna get to a certain extent,
0: yeah, they've at least had eyes on it
1: <laughs> compared to, yes, they've seen nineteen games of Byron, but that's not very much, and they've seen no games of Murray in their systems, so. Yeah. The question is, do they feel a little bit more comfortable putting Byram with EJ, who is also super veteran, been with the team forever,
0: it's
1: almost the uh, the team dad as far as the defense is concerned, right? He wears the A on the defense when he's healthy. He's he's kind of the leader of that unit.
0: Very much team dad. Yeah. Uh, um, I guess unit dad. Yeah, sure. At- I mean, he's thirty. He's thirty three, and the next oldest guy, um, Taves,
1: twenty nine, I think. But
0: yeah, Taves and Murray are both twenty seven right now. McDermott is twenty seven right now. McDonald is the oldest other guy at twenty eight.
1: And then you have, of so of the dudes that are starting, you have McCarr and Gerard at twenty two, or is Gerard twenty three now.
0: Um, uh, he's 23 now, and then Byram at 20.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> a good 10 year difference to EJ for Gerard and more for Makar and Byron. Yeah, uh, little bit, little bit of a gap there. But but again, like that's the curious thing because you can 100% see the Abs wanting to put Byram with EJ, and EJ kind of mentor him a little bit, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean it's your classic young guy, veteran guy. Yeah. Uh, and then on a third pairing, you're also, you know, that's not going to be a third pairing that plays like a third pairing. Definitely, it's not going to be sitting around. It's not going to be sitting around playing sixteen minutes.
1: If Murray and Byram, if that if that's a pairing, even that that I even more so that I think I would say is it, going the offensive direction. Uh, but yeah it, it doesn't really matter how you shake up the abs d they're going to have uh, again if they're healthy they're going to have an effective puck mover on every pairing yeah so
0: and i think that's where that's where their biggest changes from last year is that they lose the size with graves they lose the size with nemeth yep. but they gain puck moving ability but it's also it, it, in no way would you consider Bowen Byron and Ryan Murray small. Right. Byram's six one yeah. still
1: has to fill out a little bit,
0: but Murray is six one two ten. Yeah, so he's and thick. And Byram was six foot uh depending on where you look, he's six or six one. Yeah, sure. And right at about two hundred pounds. So
1: it's not like those dudes are going to struggle with their size or anything.
0: Yeah. I mean, the only the only legitimately small guy on their defense is Sam Gerard. Yep.
1: Yep. The rest of them are just fine defensively. Who's a
0: legit tiny. Like, he's like 5'9", 180 pounds. Like, that's a small dude.
1: Yeah. I, I actually had this conversation on Twitter, like, last week or so, where if you look at the average sizes of... The Avs' top 6D, it's it's basically the same as, I think, the Capitals' Cup-winning team and then the, the Penguins' Cup-winning teams a couple years before that. So it's not like their defensive size is significantly out of whack with extremely successful defenses of the past.
0: Yeah, it's not. It's genuinely not small. It's the the only real problem. Like, it's that Gerard didn't play well against Vegas. That's... That's the problem. Yep. That people have is that Gerard didn't play well against Vegas.
1: And that's true, he didn't, but
0: Yeah. And like that's agreed upon by everybody that Sam Gerard didn't play well against Vegas. And okay, like, yep. It's true. That doesn't mean that he's not going to play well against whoever they play next year. Doesn't mean that he played poorly against St. Louis. That's- and the larger dudes in
1: Nemeth and Graves didn't play particularly well against Vegas either. So I don't know what to tell you on that one. (laughs) Right. Exactly. There's not a lot of names that you can say that played well in that Vegas series on the abs defense. We've, we've talked about that before the best, the best defender in that series for the abs might not be on the abs anymore (laughs) in Connor Tiffins. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, Makar was better than that, but Makar you also have higher expectations for. Sure, sure. And yeah. that was the problem with Makar, was that it was like, he well, was dominant here and dominant there. Because he absolutely then, called
1: out in game one, and then was just a guy, kind of, through the rest of the series. Yeah, he just wasn't
0: He wasn't as special as we've seen.
1: Yep, definitely fair. And and expectations do matter there, when you're talking about, oh, a player played <laughs> well, played poorly.
0: Devontae's was pretty good in that series. I mean, he had his moments. There were there were some moments that weren't great, but overall, when you consider that he was playing against um, their top their top lines, like he was pretty good.
1: Yeah, he really was. I don't have too many arguments with that, but it look the abs defense is still bringing back Gerard Tays and Macar. So
0: yeah, the point is is that they're rolling they're they're going to be rolling with a really good defense to start with um and it's a defense that the big the big difference between last year and this year is that the depth is going to not be there there's no connor Timmins to buoy them to kind of provide because like connor connor Timmins, you know he outplayed a third pairing role last year for sure like his on ice results relative to his teammates Weren't incredible, but if you actually go and look at his underlying numbers, he drove play, and he was a shot suppressor. It wasn't at an incredibly high level, but the team was good with him on the ice.
1: It He played well enough that it was impossible to take him out of the lineup, is what is essentially what happened
0: at the yeah. end of the year. So. If you go and you look at the, the, the with and without on the ice... Colorado's offense with Timmons was better. Its defense was worse, but still elite level. Yep. And that's that's where they're really going to miss. They're going to miss a guy that's going to make $850,000 and outplay his role. That's what, that's what Connor Timmons did for them, is that he outplayed his role. And especially at the end of the year, when he really started to click and come into his own. Where... And I say they're going to miss that. That's assuming injury. Um, That's assuming that at some point they miss an Eric Johnson or Ryan Murray. Even Kale McCarr has missed games in his first two years. If they end up missing three guys, they're going to be right back to where they were last year with the Dan Renufs and Jacob McDonald's and Kyle Burroughs, except this year, those names are Curtis McDermott and, well, Jacob McDonald is still there. Um, Keaton Middleton is still there. Dennis Gilbert is still there. Roland McCune, Justin Barron, Jordan Gross.
1: I those, do, those guys. And I do want to talk about those names and the injury situation a little bit. But first, we got to pour one out for Connor Timmins because he's no longer an Av. And while he'll probably accelerate his NHL career in Arizona, he does have to play for Arizona now. So He's going to spread his wings. Go get your Breckenridge Brew, whether – you're drinking happily for Timmins or sad that he's gone. Either way, Breck Brew has you covered. Get it on tap down at the DNBR bar or, of course, go to your local liquor store. Keep an eye out for their good company hard seltzers as well. If you're crossing the border to Canada, maybe bring AJ some because it's hard to get up there apparently.
0: But We still have a fridge full.
1: Oh, yeah. That's right. You brought like a, enough to like have the border agents look at you sideways. But
0: They did. They They went through my car. Nice. <laughs> That's
1: a lot of alcohol, son.
0: Yeah, they were like, how much? And I was like, look, you guys use made-up measurements here. I couldn't tell you. So just take take a look and tell me and tell me what's up. All right. Well,
1: there you go. So if you can still find it, if AJ didn't take it all from this state, <laughs> yeah, uh, go out and get all. yourself some Breck Brew. <laughs> they do produce quite a bit.
0: These There's days. like $100 worth of booze here. Like, come on, I didn't take all of it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't know. For a little while there, the the hard seltzers were hard to find.
0: They were. They were. They were still hard to find. Um, yeah. I had to do a little bit of work to get those.
1: All right. So if you see them, get them because they go pretty quick. Also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. They're doing a bet right now. Um, I I know they've done the like they give you a hundred dollars free but this is the first time I've seen them essentially giving you two hundred dollars free if you create a new account with code dnBR all you have to do is bet one dollar on the upcoming opening weekend of college football. you don't even have to win you just have to bet a dollar and they will give you two hundred dollars instantly so you don't have to wait for the result you just put a dollar down on that and they give you 200 bucks in free bets to use so, they're literally giving you $200 to play with just because they can. Jump on it. Head over to DraftKings Sportsbook. Take that $200. If you like football, you can bet that $200 on other football games. You can also bet them on hockey, basketball, baseball, every other sport you could ever imagine. Uh, Mac- uh, McKinnon to win the hardest plus 600, I think. That's that's the one I'm pushing right now. If you're looking for a futures bet, AJ disagrees, but that's okay. You can uh, You can do a whole bunch of other things as well. I know a lot of DNBR crew last year made some good money putting uh, putting money on Jokic for Jokic Jokic for the MVP. I can speak. I promise. Uh, so that could be a good one for the futures as well. You you make it work one way or another. Take that 200 from DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, remember, you have to use the DNBR code when you sign up. Let them know we sent you over there. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Getting in to... These defensemen. First of all, AJ, where do you stand? Do you expect Eric Johnson to be ready for opening night? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, that's good news for the Avalanche if EJ is good to go. Uh, everyone else is presumed to be healthy as of right now, but you never know; things can happen in preseason. Yada yada yada. Um, they're. Essentially, between EJ and Murray, realistically, you have to plan. You can throw Makar's name in there, too, if you want. But you have to plan for a good 20-plus games, at least, of being down one, if not two, defensemen for this team.
0: Yeah. I mean, you just can't... You just can't assume that these these two guys, especially, uh, who just have not been very healthy in their careers. They're just going to, Oh, look, nothing bad happened to them.
1: Yeah. The odds say otherwise, right? The, their healthy seasons are much less common than their unhealthy ones. So yeah, you have to plan for it a little bit. Uh, You're setting yourself up for disappointment. If you assume that, these types of players are going to stay healthy the entire year and they're not going to run into any problems or have to use some of their depth options. So and yeah. instead of doing that, hopefully we can uh, prepare you to what to expect a little bit.
0: Yeah. And I'm getting beyond those, those top six. It thins out really quickly. Yep. I mean, you, you get in immediately. You're into. Um, Curtis McDermott. Mm. Forward, defenseman, he's very clearly part of their plans. Yep.
1: Expectation right now, you expect him to be a healthy scratch for the early part of the season?
0: I expect him to be... uh, I don't expect him to play on the defense on opening night. I don't know about a healthy scratch because...
1: Could be the 12th forward or something.
0: Exactly. There's a whole forward thing that has to shake out still.
1: Which... We talked about that that yesterday's show. We can go listen to that one if you want more details there. But as far as the defense is concerned, McDermott is probably in the 7th, 8th, D conversation.
0: I would assume he's in the 7th, D conversation. If they were that happy with Jacob McDonald, I don't think that they would have prioritized going out and getting a guy like McDermott. um, Who, When they went and got him, like Timmons was still on the roster and so it was like the conversation was a lot more him at forward and then without Timmins that puts a bigger spotlight on McDermott back as a defenseman where we've look we've talked about it he's been a bad NHL player it he's, he's produced only poor on-ice results right very very poor on-ice results
1: what what i will say if we're comparing McDermott and McDonald is I don't know if I would put one ahead of the other necessarily. It just depends on role. It depends on what the Avs want on any given night.
0: Yeah. And it can depend on which guy gets hurt.
1: That, too, for sure. If you see EJ go down as, you know, a six foot four, 230 pound dude,
0: you, uh, you, might, you might be a little more inclined to say, throw it,
1: McDermott in as, as the bigger body. Yeah. Yeah. So that that could make a difference. If you see someone like Sam Gerard go down, maybe you look toward McDonald for a little bit more puck movement there. Yeah. So it's going to depend on the situation a little bit, who gets what opportunities on the defense. Certainly those seven, eight types is, is that your order? First of all, let's go there. Is McDermott seven McDonald eight for you right now, or is the eight yes. spot kind of open in training camp?
0: No, I think, I think McDonald, um, I think what McDonald did last year was worthy of not necessarily having to fight for it, but at the start of the year, I think it's it's fair to say that that should be his gig.
1: Someone would have to take that job away from him, kind of.
0: Yeah, like Jordan Gross would have to have the week of his life or something. Yeah, right, to
1: right.
0: to To outplay what they got from Jacob McDonald last year, which was his on-ice results were... To be to be frank they were insane mm-hmm. they were completely absurd I I remember multiple analytics guys tweeting out during the year like who the hell is this and why is he showing up in the at the top of all of my models what's going on here um, his on ice results were just that crazy they they were downright dominant now when you watched him play you didn't get a dominant player. You got a very chaotic, un unpredictable, uh, unreliable defender that you know de- just kind of depending on how you feel about certain things. You know, he was either you he was either your guy or not, and I I attached myself to him because it was just chaotic fun. You don't normally see NHL teams go with guys that play you know the kind of the unpredictable i'm just going to i'm going to pinch it every chance i'm going to shoot every every time that the puck touches my stick you don't see nhl teams stick with defenders like that for like 30 games it's yeah. just not a thing it's just not a thing that happens
1: if one thing we know about the nhl is Coaches tend to hate roller coaster defensemen.
0: <laughs> yeah, but and and McDonald and we saw like Jared Benner lost that trust with McDonald as the year went on, and Nolan Pratt as well, uh, because he he just his ice time just kept getting chopped down, chopped down, chopped down, yep. more and more and more as the year went on, and then you know by the by, by the end he just wasn't he just wasn't playing very much.
1: hmm yeah that that uh, again part of that was connor timmons coming into the lineup and straight up taking a job but yeah like connor
0: timmons showed up at the end of the very end of the year played the absolute best he ever has in the nhl and it was like okay well this is what we've waited the last two years for so we're rolling with this yeah
1: for sure um uh, i before we get even deeper into the organization i did want to look at special teams a little bit with that defensive unit. Power play is pretty straightforward. You're still expecting McCarr to be top unit and probably the taze Gerard pairing to be the second unit. Um, But the penalty kill, they have some choices. You're expecting EJ to play there for sure. Uh, You can probably expect Murray to play there as well.
0: Yeah, I would absolutely uh, expect Ryan Murray to play there, yes.
1: And then after that, you have some options. You probably put Taves on there. Uh, where do you go after that? Do you give Byram the crack at it? I know he had good numbers in super limited time last year.
0: I I would because if he's going to be a guy that excels in that role, yes, you want to know that, and then you want to start you want to start getting him in that role yeah. early in the year, and then let him grow into it more as as time goes on. I absolutely want to see Bo Byram on. That PK unit because he's he should and he frankly he shouldn't get PK or uh, power play time right. Just with the group that they have right now, he shouldn't he shouldn't be getting it off the hop. If if they wanted to slot him there instead of Taves, that would be fine. But other than other than that, they should really be looking at at Byram as more of um, a, a tertiary power play option for them and then they should definitely try and see you know ej and murray should get top billing but after that they should see what they have in pope as a pk guy he has he's peak he's he PKed at wjc's for canada he PKed at uh he pk in the whl like he has PKed. yep it's part of part of his appeal as a as a prospect was oh hey this guy can do everything. He can give everything. Uh, he can play in all situations. And I think that this is a, them being as deep as they are at that position gives them the ability to to do this.
1: Yeah, I, I think they should as well. Um, your other options in the top six would be McCar and Gerard. You're not going to waste minutes of McCar's minutes playing him on the PK. And then Gerard, a conversation you <laughs> can have. But.
0: Gerard, Gerard to, to be honest with you, Gerard has produced really, really good results yeah, as a PK guy. When
1: he does and, PK, right?
0: <laughs> and it's been limited, but his on ice results have been fantastic. And it's just, it would be unorthodox for a coach to commit to a small, not physical player on a on a pk it's just not something that they do yep which
1: brings me to my next point you would fully expect them to use mcdermott on the pk if he's in the lineup
0: oh yeah yeah if he's not if he's not pking for you uh then you have a very legitimate
1: lineup yeah
0: a very legitimate like what the hell is this guy doing here in the first place what's he for what does he do what's being accomplished here
1: just kind of the, the way that conversation shakes out.
0: I will say his on ice result. I mean, this is just a continuation, but his uh, results as a PKR have been horrific.
1: Yeah, they're look. The reality of the McDermott situation is the Avalanche have made an active decision to either have reason to believe those numbers are not accurate for whatever reason, <laughs> or they just yeah. straight up chose to ignore them or whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They that is straight up they they waited for the analytics guys to go to lunch and to make a
1: phone call. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So they
0: and they pounced. They were like, "All right. The the nerds can't tell us not to. Let's do this." <laughs>
1: That's that conversation. McDonald, would you play him on the PK if he's in? No. Okay. Just wanted to check on that one. Never really know. So.
0: All right. Let's see. Rudo. do I have COVID?
1: Do you have COVID? I'm guessing the answer just like last time, which was what, two days ago is no. Oh, still don't have it. Shocking. Tell you. <laughs> All right. Uh, So I think the short answer here is you don't want to be on the penalty kill or even worse, in the penalty box in the bedroom. So make sure you're keeping it together. Make sure you're manscaping and don't get any penalties. Make
0: sure your PP is looking clean,
1: fellas. Boom. AJ coming in hot. Use code DNVR to get 20% off. At manscaped.com, you get the perfect package 4.0. You'll get free shipping as well. Use the lawnmower 4.0 to clean up that PP, as AJ put it, and get all of their other products as well. Not only below the belt, they can take care of you all over the place face shavers, breath mints, shave mats, all sorts of awesome stuff that you can get. Uh, check them out today manscaped.com. And then Head on over to StravaCraft Coffee, get your CBD infused coffee, and get 25% off over there when you use code DNVR 25 for your first purchase. You can also get the cold brew down at the DNVR bar. Super awesome for aches, pains, joint pain, stuff like that. And it's still coffee also, so it'll give you your caffeine fix that you need. Um, so. <laughs>
0: great, great. Great advertisement. It's still coffee also.
1: Hey, man. Everyone in this country drinks caffeine. It feels like, except for Nathan McKinnon, maybe. But
0: that dude
1: <laughs> had to give the meme in there. Had to get the you know,
0: meme. you know, he's found a way <laughs> to get his caffeine.
1: Sneak it in there. It's like a pure caffeine pill or something that he takes as a supplement. That's right. <laughs> All right, so. While you're doing all of those things, saving a little bit of money using our codes, maybe you're slowly saving up to buy a house. So check out Chevalier Mortgage, as uh, they've been in the business for a long time now, both Mike and Virginia. Great at what they do. Mike, in fact, is a certified financial planner, so he can cover your entire picture. He'll look at everything when finding the right home loan for you, not just a great rate. It's more than just that.
0: (laughs) Uh, We're about to get into prospects and talking about translatable skills and stuff, but are those not like the most symbiotic skills to have in a person that you're trying to ask for help? Oh, I'm a financial planner and I can help you buy a house.
1: Yeah. it's it's, you would think more people in the housing market would be financial planners really, to
0: be honest. It seems like, like, it seems like an amazing thing. Like, Oh, I'm looking (laughs) for somebody to help me buy a house and just be like, Oh, I've got this in my back pocket that I'm, by the way, I'm a financial I'm a certified financial planner.
1: So Yahtzee. Yeah, we'll we'll work out it work it out down to the dollar for you, basically. Uh head to DNBrmortgage.com. You can get a free consultation with them and also get a chance to win some free DNBR merch as well. So check them out today. You can also call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. Michael Chevalier, NMLS one nine three one zero zero six, Virginia Chevalier, NMLS one nine one zero six three one. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. So let's let's get into the fun conversation here, at least for you and me, AJ. Um, Justin Barron,
0: what do they do beyond those eight? Yeah. Where does it start at nine when they do have to dig into the depth? Because you remember what 16 guys played for them on defense yeah, last
1: it year? Was, it was an absurdity last year. How many?
0: Like, <clears throat> so, if that's going to happen again this year, then what's the pecking order look like? Because it's under NHL deals right now, It's and this is in no particular order um, Jordan Gross, Keaton Middleton, Dennis Gilbert, uh, Rowan McCune, Justin Barron, and Nate Klerman. Uh, Nate, Nate Klerman. Yeah. Big Clerms.
1: Which, uh, there's a couple of interesting conversations there. First of all, you have Dennis Gilbert, which did play in the NHL last year for them. But, mm-hmm. one, he's an RFA that's about to go through arbitration with the team. Uh, two, after his couple of games, the Avs actively avoided bringing him back to the NHL roster again for the rest <laughs> of the year, basically. Yep. So, I don't really have a good read on where he's going to slot in in this depth chart.
0: Yeah. Agreed. I think he's the guy that we would have, a year ago, we would have said, oh, that should be...
1: Top of the list, kind of. Where
0: McDonald is is where we would have... Had Gilbert, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah I think and would- then... And then the year that they they each had, it's you're kind of like, oh, all right, now what? And you know Jordan Jordan Gross, we don't know. Um, and he's the only guy on the AHL team on an NHL deal under six foot. Yep. Every single other guy, McDonald is six foot two hundred. Every other guy is at least six foot one on their on their AHL defense. It's so like they're building they two totally different defenses.
1: The NHL one is all about speed and skill, and the AHL one definitely leans into size quite a bit more. Starts
0: with size and then goes like, okay, well, let's put some pieces together here yep. beyond that. Um, and then I think if we start talking about that ninth guy, I mean, guys with some NHL games, you know, Jordan Gross, Dennis Gilbert, Keith Middleton, those are the guys
1: McEwen has a few. Um, Yeah, yeah, he's
0: got ten games.
1: Yeah. Yeah, ten. Gross has nine, I think. So yeah.
0: Yeah, we're not talking. You know, I think
1: experience or anything. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Middleton had the three that he had with the Evs last year, in which he was awful. If there's any hope that just being in the Avs system magically makes a big defensive defenseman better in the ho- for for Curtis McDermott, Keaton Middleton's experience would go directly against that. But you never know. Um, the, I guess as you tried to start this conversation with, and I immediately directed us elsewhere for some reason. It's really what's up with that Justin Perrin
1: chat. I need you to stop trying to just end it (laughs) yeah good good meme but youtube doesn't appreciate that kind of chat
0: yeah this is how you guys this is how you guys get us in trouble yeah (laughs) yeah the idea that nathan mckinnon is picking their lineup is hilarious
1: yeah, it, this is not a
0: LeBron James okay. situation. Nathan Nathan McKinnon's rolling up to Loveland and getting Eagle and watching Eagles games, and he's like, that guy. "Oh, we need a we need a call up. Get that guy." Yeah, <laughs> give me Middleton. <laughs> that would be pretty funny, though. Yeah, it would be incredibly entertaining, but you also just can't let your player, yeah, run your organization like that
1: in a sport where you know your lineup consists of 20 players that all actually have to play it's not quite like basketball where you can pick the seven dudes that are going to play in any given game
0: yeah
1: um in any case though the uh the Justin Barron conversation first of all check out dnvr sports 2 on youtube just dropped Justin's all points from last year if you want to get a feel for for what he looked like in the queue and a little bit of AHL action. Yeah. But let me start here because I think it's unrealistic to expect Baron to be really in the competition coming directly out of training camp, but well, can he play his way into the NHL this year?
0: He had 7 games in the AHL last year. Like what's we should do, he just because he was a first round pick, he's in this conversation, right? If he wasn't a first-round pick, he wouldn't really be here Probably in this not. in this conversation. Like we're not talking about Nathan Klerman very much, are we? Nope, not. We're at all. talking about like if they if he ends up with a game, it's a cool story. A kid from Boulder plays for the ads. Yep, dope. <laughs> but it's like this story that McKinnon picked Baron is one of those things that drives me crazy. It's <laughs> it's like not. Remotely true, but it's like a fun, like, side story that somebody told. I don't even remember who was like. Oh, McKinnon called me and was like, "I love this guy," but like, the idea that like, oh,
1: that swayed their decision at yeah. all? Yeah,
0: <laughs> they're sitting at the twenty fifth pick and they're like, McKinnon likes this kid. Let's take <laughs> him. <It's- laughs> Who needs to do a year's worth of work because McKinnon played some drop-in with a guy for two hours? But, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, not the point. Um, boy, I'm getting bombarded with emails about my test results. Oh boy. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Baron. Baron. It's yeah. it's seven it's seven pro games. will so far, and we'll we'll just see. Start of the year, like you said, training camp, eh. We'll just see how he does in training camp. But when, when it comes to like the development throughout the year, we've seen them less and less comfortable playing prospects as the year goes on, as the season gets later into it. Because then they shift their mindset to "We're trying to, we're trying to win the division, gear up for the whatever, playoffs. Yeah. We're trying to, whatever, right?" <clears throat> so it's like, how do you fit a guy on, the then, yeah. on paper? Does it make sense to to think that? Oh, hey, by the end of the year, Baron could be a legitimate call up. Yes, but I think it would take Baron having a great year, not decent year a great year in the ahl for that to be that kind of conversation otherwise and and like you remember this is his d plus two correct there's you know and he's played he had shortened he had a shortened draft year and a shortened d plus one so there's a lot of development time that Baron has missed out on. Not as much as kids in, say, not as much as like a Bocage uh, or OHL kids. Um, but he's still missed out on what a no, like some normal development time. Yep. It's going to be really important just to let him do what he does in the AHL. His play can dictate how fast they move him. Instead of it just being like, oh, he's a first-round pick. We really like him. We want to see what he does. We're waiting for him to give us an excuse to to, to get him up here and do well. If he has a good 10-game stretch, we're bringing him up. You know, like, it's – their one, their NHL team is deep enough Um, right off the hop that they don't need to – like, he's not going to be better than any of their top six that they envision.
1: And the other side of this with Barron is – the Avs or rather the Eagles really don't have the problem that they have at forward at all at forward. You're trying to think you're trying, they're trying to figure out how can they fit in all these prospects and give them <laughs> opportunity on the defensive side. It's here you go. Justin Barron, you can play P play PP. You can play PK. You can play at yeah. five on five. He's you have Nathan Clearman as well, I guess, but Barron is the, is the first round pick that is going to waltz in and be given every opportunity at the AHL level to succeed.
0: Yeah, you're right-handers of those guys that we're talking about on the in the AHL, um, it's Jordan Gross, uh, Roland McCune, Justin Bear, and Nate Carmen. Yep. So with those guys, like jo- Jordan Gross, has been uh, uh, puck-moving, you know, offensive type that they watched at Notre Dame. They're comfortable with that guy, but. Is he, you know, he probably will run a power play. You How do they you. want to utilize Roland McCune will be interesting. And then Justin Barron, you would want to put him on at least one of your power play units just to, just to get him working on that. Yep. And then you definitely want to see him on the PK because you, that's what you envision him in the NHL. Yep. You won't don't need start. to run the power play. You would like to have him have those skills, Um you know, developed when he gets to the league. So just in case, you know, he could be your long-term Devon Taves replacement, you know, several years from now. But before then, you know, he's probably not running a power play for you in the NHL. It's not something that they're likely going to need uh, with Gerard and McCarr entrenched long-term. And then Byron just chilling. Yep. Um, but as a as a future PK guy, he should definitely be getting PK minutes down there.
1: Pretty much, um, not a whole lot else to say about Clermont, really. He, we'll see if he plays well in the AHL. Great, that means he's taking steps forward. And
0: yeah, he's 23 already, so yeah, he's uh, he's.
1: You take that as it comes.
0: Yeah, but whatever Nate Corman gives them, like that, that the, they got Clermont on an ELC before, and even before his college career finished. I mean, he still had another year. And they, they liked him enough that they said, this is our guy. We want to do this. And we haven't really highlighted him, but Klerman was a guy that really, really popped his first ever camp after he got drafted. And then he took the most circuitous, circuitous route imaginable to pro hockey, where the Avs drafted him.
1: Academy for an extra year.
0: They drafted him in 2016, and he made his pro debut Five years yeah, later. He
1: did an extra year of high school. Then took a gap year before college to go play in uh, the USHL.
0: Yeah, to, to keep getting traded in the USHL. Yeah,
1: played for three teams that year, I think. Yep. And then finally went to Notre Dame. For finally. <laughs> finally goes to Notre Dame. Yep. So, it was definitely roundabout, to say the least. Uh, and then... We can kind of move into their uh, non-signed prospects as well. because Yeah, their reserve
0: list defenders are actually pretty intriguing. It's yeah. a really small list, but all four of those guys are legit interesting in their own right.
1: Yeah, so you start with Drew Hellison, who's going to be going into his junior year at uh, BEC.
0: This is the big one for him.
1: Yep. And, and, and like, signs are encouraging, right? His oh, first, yeah. Both of his first two years, he took very nice steps in his game, um, especially this last one where the offense started to show up for him a little bit.
0: 15 points in 22 games for a defensive defenseman makes you go, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe the ads were done. right. Yeah. Because coming out of the DP, that, that was that super loaded program um, that had 14 kids drafted. And coming out of there, you know, I saw him as a mid mid round pick because he I didn't think there was any offense there at all. Yep. And then he showed up for BC last year. He had a really he he had a really good WJC's where he outplayed Justin Barron. Uh, in the up. W in the WJCs, yeah, if you didn't know anything about where those two kids were drafted, you would have thought Hellison was the better prospect.
1: Yep, yeah, he was quite good at WJCs. So,
0: yep, for the gold-winning American team, mind you,
1: true. Beat out Canada, suckers. So uh, and then after Hellison, you have this year's second, and Sean Barons adds a, a a bit of a more dynamic element to the pool for the ABS.
0: Yeah, a bit of a smaller uh a smaller stature wise guy, but he's he's got a decent enough build on him uh that he's already kind of stout. He's already 180 pounds yep. at 5'10. Yep. And if he can continue to to fill that out into some man strength and get to get to 190 at 5'10. And especially the way that he plays, because he has a very in-your-face kind of attitude. Yep. He does not like. We're talking about Nicky Nick Lieberman. Will be the one of the other guys we get to. Uh, we talked about Jordan Gross, five foot ten, plays a small game. Sam Gerard is not a physical guy. I, I don't want to say he plays a small game, but he's a very small guy.
1: Certainly, Barons does not play a small game.
0: Yeah, Sean Barons is not going to be the people who are mad are the people who don't know shit about the kid at all. Yeah, he's a he's a, he's a really aggressive, uh, in your face defender, and I think I think his puck moving ability is actually overrated by people because they see his stature and they just assume that like oh he's he's small so he skates well and he moves a puck well that's how it works.
1: I mean, he does, but skate it's well,
0: not. He does skate well, but he's not the most natural of puck movers. Um, but he's he's a much better defender than he gets credit for. So he really brings kind of an interesting dynamic to that to their prospect pool. Yep, definitely a little bit different. Uh, yeah,
1: then you have two kind of ones that are sort of question marks here, in and Nikki Lieberman and. I can say that name, I swear. Yeah. Uh, Where with Z, it's, look, he's in Russia. He's taking some nice steps. Will he ever want to come over? Will the Fs ever have room to bring him over straight to the NHL?
0: Yeah. Um, The thing with Danilo Jarabalov is that NHL people really like him. Mm -hmm. I know a couple of people that think he could step into the NHL lineup now. Not necessarily on Colorado's defense. Yeah. But on some of the but, teams in the league, yeah, there are some teams around the league that, they, that that he could probably slot in for. He had a really good KHL season. Um, he he's not very big. He's kind of got a slight build, and he plays. He's not a very physical defender. He's a good he's a good puck mover, but he's not an offensive defenseman. He's really a lot more of your jack of all trades kind of defender where good at a lot of things great at no one thing um there isn't you know his pros and cons lists are both going to be the same things yep um so it's
1: super high end there yeah
0: yeah so he's an interesting guy where you wonder you just you just wonder if he can think the game and he can handle the speed of the nhl he could be a he could be a legit nhl player now does he want to come over at the, it, it used to be Kovalenko was the, the lock to come over and Zhuravlov was the long shot. Now those two have really kind of switched with Zhuravlov looking like one more year and then I think the Abs are going to aggressively pursue him. Yep. Um, a couple of
1: questions here from the chat. If NHLers go to the Olympics, how many Abs go for various teams? and Do you guys worry about injuries?
0: Uh, Always I, worry about injuries. Every time a guy gets on the ice and he's yeah, not wearing the Avs uniform, you worry about an injury. But
1: you're also never going to say no to a guy who wants to go play at the Olympics either. Like- yeah,
0: I always say, look, uh, had had the Islanders been any good when it happened, it would have been a much larger story. But John Tavares going to the Olympics and blowing out his knee sunk the Isles. Yep. And it really was one of those things that kind of pushed uh, that, that kind of pushed the league into being like, no more of that. Yeah, we really want to find excuses to get out of this. Yeah,
1: and then the other question: Baron and Hellison make it easier. Oh, I guess. I mean, how many abs could go to the Olympics? We've done a show on that. If you go on the channel, yeah, we'll do
0: another one when it gets as closer. Get yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: Barron and Hellison make it easier to ship Timmons out. I think we may regret letting him go someday
0: they may regret it because I think he's going to blossom and, and we're both Connor Timmins fans. fans for sure. Yeah, Like we are both believers that he's going to be a top four defenseman in the NHL. Um, so I think, I think in terms of, do they regret letting him go in that way? Yeah, I think so. They could regret it as soon as this year, if injuries don't go their way, but it, do, is the presence of Barron and Hellison to, to answer the first part of that? Does it make it easier to trade a Timmons? Yes absolutely if neither of those guys were in the system and and on the trajectories that they're on because they both are coming off of very very good years the the loss of connor timmons would be much bigger in the system yeah
1: if you didn't have baron and hellison and you trade timmons you're looking at the next graduating defensive prospects. Would be Sean Barons probably. I guess Zoravlyov maybe.
0: Or, Nikki Lieberman. <laughs> yeah.
1: you're you're a long ways off from anything coming out of that.
0: Pool. Yeah, you're maybe hoping that that Nate Clerman can be a third pairing guy for you. Yeah. It's it's the, the that is to say it's a long shot that any of these guys are going to be impact guys uh, beyond Baron and I guess Baron Barons. And Hellison, now that Barons is there. We're going to be pro Baron, Barons until he struggles.
1: The Barons pairing of the future is going <laughs> to be an adventure, yeah.
0: Yeah. Good <laughs> luck, Connor McGee.
1: <laughs> and then, yeah, if we want to just wrap up on Lieberman real quick here.
0: Yeah, so I've been a Nick Lieberman fan for a long time. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll never forget the conversations I had about when he got drafted, and it is was that? like... He's a great skater. We hope when he goes to Notre Dame, he learns to play hockey. <laughs> and that was kind of the, how the organization felt. <laughs> yep. And look, he didn't play very much his freshman year. He had a very, very good year in the BCHL until he had that scary neck injury at the very end. Yep. Uh, that cut his season short. Uh, and then he he was on a, a loaded defense where they had like 10 scholarship guys on their yeah. defense. And he was kind of odd man out in his freshman year. But he got into the lineup the last two years consistently. And you saw the puck moving ability. I mean, 17 points in 29 games last year is a big step forward for him. Especially
1: this last year. And his junior year, I think Notre Dame kind of finally realized they had to take the reins off him and let him play some Mm -hmm. offense a little bit. And he started to show what he could
0: do. So He's going to be a guy to watch. Now... (sighs) realistically, uh, if Leverman's trying to find a path to the NHL, he doesn't sign with the ads next year. It, I mean, yeah, if,
1: like, it's funny, but a perfect path for him to follow might be Jordan Gross. Like, if, if you're yeah. trying to project him as a player, Jordan Gross might be it.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're the same size, yep. both Notre Dame kids. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. The, the if he if he goes to if he doesn't want to sign with Colorado he wants to go sign with Arizona it's probably a smart move. Got more opportunity
1: to get in that way. Too. Yeah, straight up.
0: <laughs> so, Lieberman, Lieberman's intriguing. We'll see how the year goes for him. Um, I would be I would I would have an ELC earmarked for him temporarily, but we'll see how the year goes. And then uh, him being a senior, he has a say in this one. And, and so if feel, he yep, if he looks at the abs organization off, and he's like, okay, you've got three guys in the NHL who are 23 and younger. You've got Justin Barron as a 20-year-old going to be pushing for that thing. He's 19 right now, but in a year from now. You know, 20-year-old Justin Barron pushing for that defense. Hell There's there. four of your six guys. I'm not afraid of competition, but I also did just get a degree from Notre Dame. So – you know, I'm not a moron here. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think it would be it would be a tough sell for the ABS to get him on an ELC. Yep, I agree. Unless he's just like, "Hey, I want to I want to play pro hockey, and I'm 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 not taking the chance that other teams won't give me this." Yep. Because the downside is you gotta wait till August. Teams have to be holding out contracts for you the entire off season. And if the abs and the abs might be offering an ELC in right. March, yeah. but if they're not offering, but they may not offer one in, in August if they have you know, if if they have the uh if they go through their entire off season and they sign all the guys and blah, 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 blah they may not be comfortable doing it anymore. So it would be be ballsy for a kid for a seventh round pick to turn down an ELC, but it also looking at the abs organization, it might be like, what are you going to do?
1: Yeah. It, you just live with that decision when it gets made basically. So yep. that's pretty much sums it up, I think. So be sure to like, and subscribe to the video here on YouTube. That helps us out a Bunch, thank you everyone for watching, listening, consuming the show. We appreciate all of y'all a ton. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow talking about the goalie depth of the Avs, and then probably round up the show, taking a look at all of the prospects in the system, most likely. Yeah.
0: Tomorrow's gonna be a short show.
1: Yeah, tomorrow's will not be a long one, but you know, people still like their goalie talk, so we'll do our best. Uh, looking forward to it. Hope to see you guys there. Until then, we'll talk to you all next time.